0: It's time. it's time time. for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else.
1: Here's former Super
0: Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten,
1: five victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, joined as always by Brian Broadus, former Super Bowl-winning NFL scout. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. Uh, that's central time for you if you want to catch it on the Odyssey app. Uh, and he is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Brian, Happy New Year. How did uh, how did you bring in 2023?
0: Uh, I was actually, and by the way, Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks, sir. I was uh, I was actually watching college football tape.
1: Oh, you were, you were, you were have, still yeah. – how deep are you in players now?
0: Uh, 50 is what I've got.
1: Very good. And yeah, still, on my, on still, still, still a big Bijan Robinson fan?
0: Love B. John Robinson. I do. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, so far, uh, I've seen quite a few defensive ends. I've seen quite a few corners. I've seen – more than my share of running backs when you mentioned about Bijan robinson and stuff uh, i've seen some really good one technique nose tackle kind of guys uh so this will be a, a pretty interesting draft the quarterbacks i all saw very early um you know pre uh playoff games and stuff like that and uh yep. i'll tell you what uh, you know great job by those kids uh you know can't say enough about alabama and Ohio State and you know what they were able to do uh in that football game uh those playoff games the other day
1: so uh if I if I said Brian brought us right now on uh January 2nd 2023 when we record this uh based off the players you've seen if I made you throw a guess out is that that's the Cowboys pick do you have a name for me Last year, t- last year, early on, you were feeling Dax Hill. You, you shifted, obviously, but but early on, I remember you felt like Dax oh, Hill. No, meant-
0: I, felt, I felt like Dax Hill was going to be that guy. I really, really did. And so you who's, know, your, who's
1: your guy now?
0: Oh, man. Um, I've got a couple of different guys in mind here. Let's I, say I'm, they, pay, let's
1: say they tr- pick 28. Let's say they end up 28.
0: They're picking 28, then I'll tell you what. There's, uh, I'm kind of thinking right now, because I'm in that mode where I'm thinking about a cornerback and and I'm sure. trying, I'm going through my list. Porter's probably gonna be gone. Joey Porter yep. from Penn State is probably gonna be gone. So now you're in that mode where you're looking at Cam Smith from South Carolina, who's a really good player. I think that uh Devon Witherspoon of Illinois is a good player. Clark Phillips really good Clark Phillips from Utah is a good player. I think they're going to have a good shot at one of these guys. I really do. I know a guy, I watched the Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State uh, the other night. And I'll tell you what, man, he's he's six foot. He's 180 pounds. He looks real thin, but he's willing to tackle. He covers. He's around the ball. I mean, the ball seems to get to him uh, quite a bit. So my guess is... My guess it'll be somebody in that. Now, the thing about Forbes, he is for six foot. He is a longer guy when you watch him play. So he'll fall in that mode. Phillips, Witherspoon. I'm going to say it's going to be one of those three guys, if I had to guess. Witherspoon, Phillips, or, or uh, Forbes from Mississippi State. That, that would be my guess.
1: So there you go. A little uh early draft show preview. Yeah. Uh Illinois, Illinois has actually got, I think, like three guys in that secondary that that are are gonna end up being drafted. So they've got a, a good group there. And that's a year after uh they put Kirby Joseph in the NFL. So Illinois' is starting to turn out some good secondary they players. They sure are. Uh, so Brian, let's uh we, we haven't had a chance to talk since the Tennessee game. Obviously, there's been uh, holidays and and other things going on. Um so uh Cowboys win this one 27 to 13 over the Titans. It's not always pretty. Um, there there was a, a quick scare when it appeared Dak Prescott had hurt his knee before the end of half. Uh, he had a couple turnovers. Tyler Biotish, we know, uh, was hurt. We'll, we'll dive into all of these sorts of things, but ultimately, Cowboys get the job done and the Eagles lose on Sunday, play one of the worst games of the season, probably their worst game of the season, period, uh, and uh, now Dallas is alive in this. It, it's still uh, an oh, imagine that.
0: It's Imagine still an outside
1: that. shot, but but you need uh, you need the Giants to give you some help, and you need uh, the Cowboys to ultimately beat the Commanders, and then if you want the one seed, you're also going to need Arizona to do you a favor and beat San Francisco next week. Um, but before we get into some of that playoff discussion, Brian, uh, what were some of your your big takeaways from the Tennessee game?
0: Tennessee wasn't going to let you run the football. Uh, that was clear. When you tried to run the football, your sustained at the point of attack wasn't good enough. When you tried to run the football and get guys to second level, you had problems doing that. Uh, when you were able to secure down linemen and, and get guys up in the second level, you saw the runs like Davis had where it went for 20 some odd yards, you know, or Zeke had a run for six or seven yards. So yeah, it was it was not the cleanest, most well blocked game up front. They're still having some issues, I think, with Zach Martin and Tyron Smith working together on that right side. Uh, They're trying to figure all that out. The combination blocks, the scoop blocks, the reach blocks, those are all things that they're having to go through. Uh, Martin worked with uh, Terrence Steele. They were really, really good at doing that. And now you're starting to see they're having to kind of start over on that right side. But Tennessee regardless of no Jeffrey Simmons. And if you don't secure blocks up front and you don't get blockers to the second level to get linebackers, I don't care who's playing across from you, You're not going to run the ball. And they struggled with that. They struggled with, they struggled with, uh, with, uh, with Biotis. They struggled with uh, uh, McGovern. You know, that they, they, was not, they, they just could not get any type of traction or cohesiveness. What am I trying to say? Oh, Co- oh, cohesion. Oh, yeah, between the alignment, There's that they lacked that cohesion that we've seen for them before. But uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, I it, it was Tennessee wasn't gonna let you run the ball, but no. you could throw the ball on them though. You know, they 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 were they were ripe to be thrown on, and you know, Dak was able to do that with some uh, some good success.
1: I feel like when we were going to come out of this game, there wasn't going to be a whole lot we were necessarily going to be able to take from it, good or bad. Um, you, you could have taken bad from it, I guess, if they lost, um, or if Dak did something like threw five interceptions and just, like, was not seeing defenders. Like, that could have been a something we could have taken from this. But either good or bad, was there anything about this game, Brian, that, that you felt, hey, this is at least something that we can build on or something that we can work on? That's indicative of, of anything serious? Or do you think this is just almost essentially a preseason game and, and you can't make broad sweeping uh, generalizations about it?
0: It was another opportunity for DeMo Clark to play linebacker uh, and get those reps and how to. Well, I thought. Yeah, and get those reps and allow him to learn a little bit more about playing coverage and learning how to. Uh, to fill in the running game and where he needs to be. It was another opportunity for uh for right at corner uh to get more work, uh, get more reps. He needs every rep he could get over there. Him finishing with an interception like that, I think, is a really a nice confidence builder for him. Um, uh, it was good to see T.Y. Hilton incorporate more into the offense. Yeah. Uh, it was good to see that. Even though the offensive line, they lost their center, they were able to make adjustments by moving guys in different spots, and the offense didn't completely fall apart. So, those are the the positives that I take away from uh, from this football game. Uh,
1: you mentioned Tyler Biotish there. Um, let's let's touch on that really quickly. Uh, it sounds as if they've dodged a bit of a bullet. He's he's not going to play this week against Washington. Um, but he had uh, been on the sideline with a boot, um, and the immediate aftermath of the game, it sounded like Dak was pretty optimistic about him. Um, Steven has sounded optimistic since, uh, Jerry, I believe was as well. And, and, and it sounds like we're getting some positivity there. Uh, but overall, you, you think we, we ultimately dodged a bullet with the, uh, Tyler Biotish injury, or is this something that may linger?
0: The report I got from my guys over there was that, that Biotish, it is going to be really tight to get him back for the playoffs. It's going to be tight. And he's extremely tough. The problem that you worry about when you have high ankle sprains and you're an offensive lineman is when you have to play with power and you get bull rushed. That is a difficult Thing to have to deal with. That is a concern of theirs. So word I got was going to be really close and tight in order to get him back. They love his toughness. They love everything about the work ethic. They think he could come back, but just that's one that we're going to have to monitor every single day. I think it will help the Cowboys. Uh, if okay, it, somehow I don't know what the seating's gonna be. We'll see what happens. I'll say sure. this I'll say this if they're the fifth seed. I'll say this if they're the fifth seed. There's a chance that they'll have to play on Monday night football against the Buccaneers in that on that wild card weekend. They won't make them play Saturday, Sunday, they'll make them play Monday night 4 versus 5 in Tampa. If Dallas stays the fifth seed and if that's the case, then you get one more day of treatment, rehab, rest to try and get him uh, to that football game. If in fact, the whispers that I'm hearing uh, are actually going to come true.
1: Now, when you you talk about how difficult that is to play with power with the ankle, is it more of a function you think of being able to like anchor against a bull rusher? That's the problem. That's the problem.
0: That's the problem. You pass set and then you're playing against Vita Vea, who just will take you straight to the quarterback. Or right. one of those big inside defensive tackles take you straight to the quarterback. That's the issues you run into. So that's uh, that's what you're up against for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be an aggressive rehab, but it's going to be close.
1: Now let's let's operate under the assumption it's it's not going to go as positively as everybody says, and that there is no Tyler Biotish. First off let, let me get your thoughts. How did Jason Peters play at left tackle? How did everybody play with the shift down the line? Peters at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard and Connor McGovern at center.
0: Yeah, it was I think that if when you look at Jason Peters playing, I think was was good. I don't think there was any real issues with him. Uh we've kind of seen him come and go. I think that if as long as they throw the ball, he's always going to be a much better player. The pass that they threw to Schultz in the corner of the end zone for the touchdown, outstanding edge block by Peters to kind of solidify things over there so they could get the ball out. Um, Mm -hmm. That was fine. Tyler Smith at guard, probably not as good as he was at tackle. Uh, There was a little bit of what Tyler Smith gets in trouble. Base gets narrow. He gets buckled. He gets broken down a little bit. Happened to him a couple of times there at guard, but there's here's a guy that had to make the shift. So now you're saying, okay, mentally he goes from understanding what the tackles are doing to now having to know what the guards doing. So a little bit of a a little bit of an issue there. But he got buckled a couple of times uh, inside uh, against the tights. I thought McGovern did a good job. The shotgun snaps were good. The uh, the the blocking, the helping, the movement. I thought all those things were uh, adequate as well. So, wasn't a huge, huge drop off. There was a little bit, like I say, a, a little bit of buckling uh, with your left guard when he moved over.
1: Is there? First off, I mean, did it surprise you to see the, those sorts of struggles with him? Did you think the transition would be easier? And do you do you think it's a long term concern, or do you think it's just That's, hey, he was asked to step in in the middle of a game, and and yeah. he should. And with full practice. I, th- I think,
0: I think that I think that he is one of these guys and I'm not going to say he's not football intelligent or a smart guy. I think he's a guy that needs the full week of practice just to see everything, at least through his, his rookie year. I think he needs to see everything and kind of rep it and work through it and then have an idea. Uh, the things that he struggled with the other day were more physical than they were mental. They were physical. He, when, when, when he gets, when he's bad, Narrow base, too high, get thrown, get buckled, get overpowered. Those are things that happen to young linemen during a game. And, you know, until they learn all those uh, those nuances of how to play. um, Yeah, it's it's asking a lot. It's asking a lot for him to go from left tackle to left guard in a football game with all that uh, in front of him and having to deal with a guy in his nose the whole night or once he was at their guard, as opposed to having a guy that's playing on his shoulder on the outside that he can kind of deal with.
1: There are a few different uh combinations the Cowboys could roll with here. Um, hopefully you you have Matt Farniak back soon. Uh let, let's assume Okay,
0: I know I know something on this now, too. Oh, okay, give on, it to me on Farniak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Farniak is window is going to be activated this week. Okay. Now, is that activation intent to play? I don't know about that. I think that the plan from what I was told all along was this was when he was going to be activated for the window. It just so happens now that they have some some problems at center. So we'll see uh, he's ready to practice. We'll see how quickly they can get him ready. We've talked about ramp-up periods and all that before with guys that have been out for a long time. So this might be another one of those, well, he's not quite ready to play and this is how we're going to do it. So, you know, Dallas has got to put the best five out there because they got to try and find a way to win. You know, that's, that's the number one thing right now.
1: So there are a few different things you can do. If you do get Farniak back, Um, you can, you, you can, you know, if you, if you don't like what you saw from Tyler Smith at guard and you feel more comfortable with him at tackle, you think that's a better way to win. Uh, I mean, you can keep, you know, McGovern and, and, Tyler Smith where they're at maybe you can roll a, a Farniak or a Brock Hoffman um you could in in theory if you want to flip Tyler Tyron Smith back to left tackle if you want um and then you know roll with a Josh Ball at right go, at right tackle Jason Peters has played some left guard if you if you think that Tyler Smith's struggling with left guard just flip them there are a few different combinations you could go what is your if you were calling this one how would you prefer to see it I think if it was me I like what I've seen from Tyler Smith growing at tackle the last few weeks. I think whatever combination it is, I kind of want to I kind of want to just put Ty- Tyler Smith at left tackle and figure out what combination works best at left guard and center.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um you know, the the way they finished, the way they finished the game the other day, it's probably not a bad look. You know, just I, I know there were some issues, but now with you know, with Tyler Smith having I would love to see, I'd love to see Farniak play center, McGovern go back to guard, and then Tyler Smith go back to tackle. I'd love that. But here I'm at I'm Tony about ramp ups and are guys ready and all that. And can you get ready in five, six days? You know, I, I don't, I don't know. Lot. I think that, I think the way they're going to play is how we saw it. They ended the Tennessee game. That's yeah. my guess. That's my guess.
1: Makes a lot of sense. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so before we take on this next subject of five questions facing the team as they head into the playoffs, I want to remind you about our wonderful sponsor here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. Uh, You know, when you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday. Uh, you, this is the perfect time for you to get your reminder that you need to head over to Boomer Jack's later today for half price bone in wings. And then tomorrow it's half price boneless wings, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They have you set up with the great wing specials, no better way to bring in 2023 than with some wings. And they've also got great drink specials for you every other day of the week. They've got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer wall-to-wall TVs for all of your sports-watching needs, live music. It's just a wonderful atmosphere. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to BoomerJacks.com. That's BoomerJacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, I've got five questions for you here. Okay. I, I, you know, we're we're entering the playoff season. There, there's a bit of a 10-day layoff here, so I was kicking around some topics this morning on radio Uh, And I was like, let me let me throw these at Brian and we can discuss some of these. So I've got five questions as the Cowboys prepare to enter the playoffs. These aren't the most pressing or anything else. Just some stuff that I'm curious about. Number one for you here, Brian, should T.Y. Hilton be playing the majority of snaps on offense? So right now, Noah Brown plays over 50 percent of the snaps. Um, Michael Gallup obviously does. Lamb Should T.Y. Hilton be playing at least 51 percent of the snaps every week?
0: I would say uh, I would say yes. I would say yes, and I think there's I think there's a place for Noah Brown, and I think Noah Brown has played very well for you. Uh, yeah. I know people get on him about drops or whatever, this that and the other. I think Noah Brown's played well, well above what we thought he was going to be. I mean, let's be honest, we kind of all thought Noah Brown might be a, a, a casualty when we were in Oxnard. Oh, they're going to keep all these guys. You know what goods having Noah Brown around. Noah Brown's proved his worth. So, but to me, there's a special element about T.Y. Hilton and the way he plays. You saw yeah. it the other day. Hit the number of snaps he gets. He creates opportunities, and he creates he creates bad situations for their opponents. So to me, I'm I'm about putting him out there and letting him fresh as he is. Let him run routes. Let him catch balls. Let him make plays. He's an explosive player. We've seen that. I mean, Noah Brown, steady player. He's not the explosive player that T.Y. Hilton is. I, I'm. You're going to need some more explosive plays in the passing game, and I feel like the T.Y. Hilton can give you that.
1: T.Y. Hilton now has been targeted on third or fourth down five times. He's got four conversions and a penalty. Uh, yeah. That's the kind of guy I feel like that we talked about in the Green Bay game. Like yeah. on, on that that route that we feel like Gallup didn't run. That's the that's the time where you, you're really going to be able to use T.Y. Hilton and trust, I think, what he's going to do out there when he's running routes. And so yeah. uh, for me, I, I I agree with you 100%. Get T.Y. Hilton out there. He's shown he can be incredibly reliable. Uh, Dak Prescott already seems to have a ton of trust in him. Um, and so I think that that's all good stuff that you can build on. Next question here. By the way, before I go on to the next question, I should say as we're sitting here recording this, Couple tweets coming from the beat here. Uh, Leighton Vanderesh uh, says he's doing good, per John Mashoda. Uh, everything is coming back, just taking my time, working out, staying in shape, getting ready for this playoff run. And then Michael Galkin and Jory Epstein both note uh, that while he is unlikely to play this weekend, it appears he is still on track to play if they uh, open in the wild card round. So, yeah. Leighton Esch getting closer to coming back. That's all good news there. Yep. Uh, next question here for you, Brian. What is the Cowboys' best hope for finding the pass rush again? The,
0: uh, the back end playing better. I mean, they've got to find a way to deny some of these routes, whether it's digs or right with the safeties, linebackers. Back end's got to help them a little bit. Uh, they've also got to find a way to kind of get people behind the chains. You know, early in the year, they were drawing like a ton of penalties. You know, drawing yep. holding calls and motion calls and all that stuff. You get teams all of a sudden. It, uh, it happened to it happened to the Eagles on Sunday. You know, all of a sudden they give up a sack. It's second and seventeen. They give up a uh, they give up a a legal motion penalty. It's now second and twenty three. Right. Know? And then the next thing you know, it's incomplete. Now it's third and twenty three. That's that's how your pass rush is able to make hay, because teams realize that you know if they get behind the chains. I mean, the last few weeks, well, I mean, even like, they got more pressure last week in the Titans game than they did the Eagles game. Sure, but, and they got they got because the Titans weren't staying ahead of the chains. You know, when you're when you're second and four, third and one all day, it, it's hard to rush the passer. It really, really is because you're in a situation having to play the run and also worry about the pass. So to me, find a way to draw more flags if you can. But on the back end, you got to do a better job of kind of tightening up some of the coverage and not letting as much free access and routes as we've seen.
1: I know we uh, – I, I heard you mention this. I know uh, I talked about it on the radio too, just the uh, the amount of, of secondary blitzes that Dan Quinn was trying to tap into against yeah. Tennessee. It shows that he's he's trying to address this, trying to generate some things. How uh, a lot of these teams have started trying to get the ball out quicker. It feels like on Dallas, they have, they have. like with the twists and stunts and everything, not giving as much time to develop. Um, do you think they're they're playing and press enough? Like, like like would you would you press the corners a little more frequently to try and buy any time, play with some physicality? Yeah.
0: I would try, but maybe Dan Quinn's terrified about them playing press coverage and then getting run by. That, that is, might that, be. is
1: that more a concern with your corners or your safeties, do you think?
0: Well, your corners, if they get run by, have we seen yet uh, Hooker, maybe one or two snaps where Hooker's been able to cover up on the back end. We've seen balls go down the field and him arrive just a step late. They might be worried about, you know, me personally – I think it would prevent the double moves that we've been seeing too. You know, we've, we've seen these coaches or uh, the, the opponents throw these double moves. And a lot of the double moves have come from when the guys are playing in off coverage. So I, me, I'm, I'm not a fan of death, but I'm better fan of the quick death than I am the long death. How about that? Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that 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 makes sense. Uh, you, You'd you'd rather uh, have it don't end. Let, th-
0: yeah, don't let me die slowly. Let me die quickly. If no, that's don't the case. Get
1: slow burn. Uh, question number three for you here, Brian, for us to kick around here: Can the Cowboys fix turnovers the same way they fix penalties? The Cowboys, through the first eleven games of the season, were averaging about seven and a half penalties per game. Uh, they are now down to three per game over the last five weeks. Uh, And in fact, the the highest penalty number they've had in the last five weeks, which was four, was the fewest they had in any game the first 11 weeks of the season. So they've clearly been able to clean some of that up. Finally, Uh, do we have the same hope for the the turnovers and which do you think is more within your control to fix penalties or turnovers?
0: Well, do you need me to speak in existence that these that it's not going to get any better with the penalties? (laughs) I've done that. I've done that on several platforms. I did on DallasCowboys.com. Yeah. I did a on one Oh five three. I said, listen, guys, penalties are just going to happen. You're not going to get any better. They, and ever since I said that they got better on penalties. They, they have. have, they have. And I, but I do believe this with my heart. These officials, no matter how you try and work on these penalties or not get them, these officials going to call the game regardless. You know, you saw a team, in and uh, the Commanders lose to the Giants on a a penalty where a guy lined up wrong and a mispass interference penalty. You can talk about working on penalties all you want. The penalties you could prevent are the pre-snap ones: false start, neutral neutral zone infractions, things like that. Everything else, officials are going to call what they want to call. Okay, yeah. but they've they've done a much better job of being in games and not being in situations where. They're, maybe, they're giving these officials a reason to call. The turnovers, I don't think that changes either, and I'll tell you why. This quarterback's willingness to try and extend plays and not give up on plays is one of his biggest detractors. He is he is not going to give up on a play. he's not going to throw just throw the ball away. He's going to try and make a play. He's going to try and make a throw. If he believes that he can get the ball out, he's going to try and do that. You can say you can talk to him all you want and tell him, hey, can't turn the ball over. Can't turn the ball. Over. You got to find a way to hold it there. You got to, you know, take a sack, throw it away. I, I, I'm i just going to be real honest, Bobby. This It's not in this guy's DNA. It's What
1: changed? Not. What changed? Because he's never been a, a big turnover guy. This is, this is something that's, uh, like, if you look at first career, he's a 1.8% interception percentage guy. He's yeah. four this year. What changed?
0: I think what's changed is the fact that he believes so strongly in his ability. When he came out of Mississippi State, he probably wasn't the best passer. He wasn't the best practice player. You know, along the way, he has developed into an NFL quarterback. -hmm. And an NFL quarterback that now has so much faith in his ability that he will put himself and the ball in harm's way in order to make a play. How many times this year have we seen him um, (laughs) third and 30 launch the ball, go for it? You know, most guys are, you know, captain check down, get seven yards, get off the field. Yeah. He launches a ball down the sidelines and like, go get that. You know, YOLO ball. I mean, that's what yeah. he did. How about the times uh, he's running out of the pocket uh, a couple of weeks ago? I think it was, it's the, the Texans running out of the pocket to his right, launches the ball down the field to Noah Brown for 51 yards. Yeah. You know, instead of maybe just throwing the ball out of bounds or throwing it underneath. It's not in this guy's DNA. It's the, it's the attraction of the big play, you know, because he's made a lot of them in his career. He's made a lot of that throw he made. That throw he made to Dalton Schultz is is as pretty a ball you'll ever see a a, a quarterback throw. Mm -hmm. That's, 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 I don't know in 2016 if we see Dak Prescott throw a ball like that. But in 2020, but 2022, we will. 2022, we'll absolutely see him. So I think that's what's changed. He went from being a guy trying to learn and understand. To a guy that now believes that he can make every single throw, regardless of the situation.
1: Question number four for you here: uh, If the Cowboys end out with the wild card spot, they are likely going on the road to Tampa Bay uh, if they win the division. Not,
0: not likely, they're going. That's where that's, where, go.
1: that's where they're going. Uh, yeah. If they win, uh, if they win the division, there's a a good possibility this is uh, at home against the Green Bay Packers. So, uh, Brian, which uh, mythical? Uh, you know, mental hurdle, would you rather try and climb over uh, Aaron Rodgers at AT&T Stadium or Tom Brady on the road?
0: Okay. Now let's think about this. What we just said, Uh huh. you're playing, you'll be playing the Packers, right? That means you have the two seed.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a strong possibility. You'll play the Packers. Okay. That's not as guaranteed as okay. 10.
0: Okay. But that means San Francisco would have to lose to Arizona, right?
1: Yep. For you to get the one. Okay.
0: Well, how about to get the two?
1: Two, two, you're likely in there if you win the division. Uh, I believe Dallas. That's what Dallas, I'm saying. That's what yeah.
0: I, think, I think San Francisco, if they win and you win, San Francisco would be the two.
1: No, no, no. San Francisco would be the one, I believe. San Francisco. You need San Francisco to lose and win the division in order to get it.
0: So San Francisco be the one. Okay. Yep. And then thought,
1: Dallas would be the two. You, you need San Francisco to lose to Arizona, and you need to win the division to get the one seed. Yeah. Well, so if, th- if,
0: you're, if you're at number what's, two, what, what's your possibility at three?
1: Uh, I don't know that the three is within the realm. Of, I don't think they can win the division and finish as low as third. So I think it's either one, two or five. Um, but either way, just uh, for the sake of this, okay, argument,
0: I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Fine.
1: Yeah. Two and top five. Would you rather have to go against
0: yeah, Brady okay.
1: or or Rogers?
0: I sound like Ron Rivera. there, not
1: knowing. the situation. <laughs> no, 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 it's complicated, man.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, me personally, Dallas was 8-1 and one at home this year. I, I'm, I'm taking my chances playing at home. You know, yeah. uh, I, I know Green Bay's playing better. I think that, I think Green Bay, I think to me going to Tampa, I, 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 you're still going to have to deal with that those receivers in Tampa, aren't you? You're still yeah. going to have to deal with all that, you know, they have. You know, to me, I know that Watson's playing better for the Packers. I know the Packers are on a roll. I feel like I can move the ball better on the Packers than I can the Buccaneers. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 I get it. I get it. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Tom Brady. Neither one of them are really great options. Mm-hmm. But, but you're gonna have to play one of them, and you're gonna you're gonna have to beat one of them. I'll take I'll take my chances of being eight and one at home. And winning this game against Aaron Rodgers, I would take my chances doing that, knowing that I could probably move the ball against the the Packers better, and I could maybe handle their receivers better.
1: Yeah, and I think I also feel like uh, I'd rather take my chances against the team that I should have beaten on the road than the team that absolutely dog walked me at home. You at know, home. yeah. Uh, now it's a different. And, team. Tom,
0: and Tom Brady didn't play all that great.
1: No, you were, no you, were,
0: you were bad against the run and your quarterback was awful that
1: day. Absolutely. Uh, final question here before we get to the mailbag. Aside from quarterback, which is obvious, that would be the number one for everybody, but aside from quarterback, who do the Cowboys most need to play their best football of the year in the playoffs? Secondary. Which, which player specifically? Nashawn Wright. Nashawn Wright needs to play yeah. Yeah. the best football yeah. he's played of, yeah. of the year.
0: Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... I, I kind of feel like that you're going to get Vanderish back, you're going to get Hankins back. I think there'll be some stability in the front seven. You're going to need nation Wright to play his absolute best in the in the playoffs.
1: I mean, I he, he he
0: he can't be a liability. He really can't.
1: I No, I th- I, th- I think you're you're dead on. nashan Wright is who I would lean on there. Obviously, yeah. If you get Micah Parsons to play his best ball of the year, that's helpful. If you get he's Tyrese, he's, he's going to play. play oh no, yeah. These are all yeah. things that help, but obviously, like Nishan Wright, if you could turn something that's that's a question mark right now into a strength, I think everybody would feel.
0: If you, a lot if if I asked you, if I asked you this question, I'm like, okay, out of Wright, Tyron Smith, and Micah Parsons, who do you think is going to play the best?
1: Uh, Micah Parsons.
0: Or who? Okay, who do you not have to worry about? Who would you not have to worry about playing their best?
1: Um, probably. Micah. I mean, it just kind of depends. Tyron Smith is still trying to adjust to a, a spot on the other side that he hasn't there's, played in a while. There's your question.
0: There's your question. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like you could think, well, we need Tyron Smith. I personally feel like you need Tyler Smith to play is the best he can.
1: Yeah. That No, that's that's going to be absolutely huge for them. There's there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Before we jump into the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag, one of our favorite segments here on the show, I need to remind you about our favorite partner here on the show. It's Boomer Jacks. Brian and I keep telling you guys you need to go check them out, but especially on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because they've got great wing, deal, wing deals for you. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone and wings. On Wednesdays, they're half-price boneless wings, but they've got great specials for you Thursday through Monday as well. Uh, they got drink specials beginning at They've also got $15 buckets of beers. So it's a wonderful setup for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for a good happy hour spot with your coworkers, check out Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for a a nice spot for dinner with the family, check out Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for somewhere to just watch one of these games that have been all over television in recent weeks, with one with some of your buddies go check out boomer jacks they have wall-to-wall tvs live music it's just a great atmosphere no matter what you're looking for there's 17 dfw locations you can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com that's boomerjacks.com all right brian it is now time for uh the dean julia love of the star mailbag uh got a few questions here that we can run through uh to to wrap up the segment. First question here from da underscore eighteen oh four. Happy New Year! Uh, respect you. and appreciate your journeys. Can you divulge what is happening behind the scenes with James Washington and Jalen Tolbert? It's shocking to me how little they have played. Don't understand why they don't have special packages to get them involved. They're not I, good enough. They're no, not good enough. I mean, I think they're, it's not, team,
0: they're not good enough. That's yeah. the problem. I mean, I mean, you're, James Washington came into OTAs minicamp as a really uh, a, a veteran signing. Did not really, very rarely did Bobby and I get to ever watch James Washington practice in OTAs or minicamp. And Tolbert, Tolbert was in that boat too. Tolbert was in that boat too. Came out of college, didn't practice that much. You know, okay. Now they put him out there, James Washington, opening day. Bobby and I are standing along the fence. What happens? Right in front of us, James Washington breaks his foot. That's it. That's it. He's done. Okay. So now all of a sudden, you got guys that have developed. Uh, you know they they found a way to get Noah Brown going. They got T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he's making plays for you. There's no dispute of that. James Washington and Jalen Tolbert aren't good enough to see the field. Period. End of story. That's it. No. They they started off. They started off poorly. They uh, and, and James Washington is is an ankle. Excuse me. Is a foot deal. It's a bad. It's a bad break. It's a bad situation for him. Tolbert, they tried. They tried to move him around. It might have messed him up. One day he has a good practice, and then three days he didn't practice well at all. If you're not playing well this time of year, you don't get a spot on the 48. Neither one of them deserve a spot on the 48 right now.
1: Do you think there's any long-term concern uh, for the Cowboys about Tolbert, or do you think no. they just go, oh, we overwhelmed a guy his rookie year? Yeah, and we'll
0: yeah. Die. yeah. Let's. They're thinking right now is, listen, we have an evaluation of what this kid is and, you know, could he end up a bust? Sure. Absolutely. He can end up a bust. I I doubt he's going to end up a bust, Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying, this is one of those years where all of a sudden you're like, we expected a lot. We threw a lot at the guy. Hell, I was talking about the guy you were talking about the guy at the draft. We we, We were all talking about it and what we'd seen on South Alabama tape. He is not the same player that he was at South Alabama. I'm sorry. I do no, not, not I do not see the same guy that goes and gets the football. I see a guy that's timid. I see a guy that's nervous. I see a guy that's not sure. He needs to have a great offseason. James Washington, I'm sorry, you're moving on. I I you're not going to be here. I, you know, you you were a veteran signing. And I mean, how many, how many through the years of veteran signings have we seen from the Cowboys? The clinton dicks all
1: these oh yeah yeah clinton dicks Jasper brinkley uh just george George iloka whoever yeah you pay
0: you pay your one and a half million dollars and you move on that's what you do and so you know that's that's what will and those guys believe over there protect themselves they protected themselves they went out and got a better player they went out and got a better player they were talking about odell beckham they were talking about uh you know once the odell beckham thing went by the wayside then you go out and get ty hilton He's, he's paid off for you in two games already, you know? So to me, if you're not good enough right now, like I say, James Washington, out of sight, out of mind. I'm not even thinking about you for 2023, but I'm not giving up on that that other kid. I'm going to find a way to get him in the off-season program, put some strength on him uh, or some weight on him. I'm going to make him stronger. I'm going to make him faster. I'm going to make him quicker. I'm going to get him more confident. And if he comes back and he's not that way in OTAs and minicamps, then – by by all means, just find a way to move on.
1: Next question here uh, from MT Cowboy fan: Is Tack McKinley going to play this year? I know you and I both felt probably like not. probably not. Yeah, no. Not. At, this, at this point, no. Um, no. Which, because I think we both felt like part of moving on from Basham was to get him some opportunity. It's just not come together. Um, huh. I, I mean, he's he's out there. I see him at practices. I, I you know you you see him. On the field, it's just – it's not come together yet to where they're putting them out here. Now I think it's kind of time's up.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're in a situation where – you're in a situation with him where Armstrong's played better. Fowler was really good the other day. Fowler was the reason why. You got a pass rush in the Eagles game on fourth down. They got the ball thrown away. It's just like Washington and Tolbert. Where are you going to play these guys? You got guys ahead of you that are playing better. There is no reason to take Armstrong or Fowler – or uh, or Golston, or any one of these guys off the field for Tack McKinley. It's a veteran. It's a veteran to have in insurance if something happens. That's all this is.
1: Yeah, and he's a guy who, um, when they were struggling with some of the run defense stuff, I think they they were thinking they might have use for him, especially with the edges struggling with, you mentioned Basham, Fowler, Armstrong. They were struggling against the run at the time where we started having those discussions, uh, but he's only been a practice squad elevation once, I think It right. was week 13 and he wasn't even active for the game. Uh, and so I, I think it's just, you know, plans change. Uh, and ultimately, I don't know, maybe they sign him to a futures deal. Maybe they decide they want to keep him here for the offseason and figure things out that that could be the case. But uh, ultimately, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to see tack McKinley uh, with the Cowboys barring, of course, you know, some sort of injuries that start uh, breaking down the position, but Uh, next question here from Ryan Trammell. Is there any chance for the Cowboys defense to get back to closer to how it was playing earlier in the season for the playoffs? Is it a personnel slash injury issue, a fatigue slash banged up issue scheme, tendencies, issue, something else. Thanks as always. Love the podcast. Yes. Right. Like it's all of it. (laughs) I I think that's what you're kind of looking at there. The there's definitely a, a particular way that teams are trying to attack Dan Quinn, right now, yeah, yeah. After what they don't seen. let
0: it don't let it pass rush.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, basically take away the pass rush and then yeah, they've had tons of injuries. They they had Leighton Vander Esch and Jonathan Hankins go down that absolutely impacted their run defense. Uh, the issues they've had at corner, um, the the banged up nature of of guy like Micah Parsons who looks fatigued and a little uh, just well, just kind of nicked up a little bit. Not not yeah. in curse. Curse curse. Curse has about, been hurt like, all year
0: how about hooker playing her every week? I'd see hooker with a thumb wrapped up. Yeah. My guy might be playing with like a broken thumb or a dislocated thumb or something,
1: or it yeah. might be. Precautionary. That's totally speculative. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But he, but every week he's got his thumbs taped up, you yeah. know? So there's a lot of guys, you, you get Vander and Hankins back and you get development from, uh, from the, your LSU linebacker, you know, Clark. And you get right. Right playing better or more confident, the defense has a chance to be better. But it it is what it is right now. And, yeah. and he's and he's having to bring p- pressure off the slot. He's having to bring safety pressure because teams are saying you're not we're not going to let you rush four. We're just not. You know, you've got to and now he's made teams have to think, oh well wait, it blends in the slot tight, we might get a blitz. So at least they're making him have to, to deal with that.
1: Next question here, uh, from Skewit Bean. uh, can you compare this team to last year's at the same point in the season relative to playoff readiness slash confidence level,
0: man? I, I tell you what I'm getting tired, Bobby, of the comparisons of previous teams. Sure. I really am. People are talking about, well, it's been 27 years. I get it. Every team's different. Every team's different, especially in this day and age. Where thirty percent of your team rolls over, you know, yeah. comparing comparing teams this year to last year or to teams that played in nineteen ninety two, it's 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 to me it's pointless. Well, it really well
1: for for the sake of like, and, and I'm uh, maybe I'm uh, projecting his question out here a little bit more than he intended to, but um, I, I guess it's just in the sense of like they're in the same record spot roughly not necessarily compare how the just basically do you think this is a team? this time
0: this time that's last year this time last year you were assured a home playoff game now that's that's not that's not the case uh, I think this is,
1: I think this is a tougher football team and a more physical football team than the one last year I, I think they handled physicality better
0: I think they've done a much better job of the coaching of the defensive side of things yeah you know I, I really do I, I mean I think they've developed some guys that can actually play I, I know that people say, "Oh, Nasjon right? He's a below-average corner. This that." Uh, you know what? I mean, the kid. That's that's the kid they're having to play with right now because because Kelvin Joseph wasn't good enough. That's on them. They drafted Kelvin Joseph for the thought to play. He can't. He's not playing right now. You know, or well, he's available, but you're probably not going to play him. I just feel like that every team every year is a different situation. I just do. I, I, mean, I, I can't draw on something that happened last year for today. I can't. I mean, I'm having trouble drawing on. I'm having trouble drawing on Dallas playing Tampa in Week One. You know, <laughs> well, what was the difference, and what was you know, what are they going to have to do? What you know, just look at sure. the game. The quarterback played terribly. You know, if the quarterback plays terribly again, they're probably going to lose the game. You know, that's the only. I, I just go on what I see now. You know. What I see now, I can't go on what happened when when I was with the Green Bay Packers playing the Dallas Cowboys in 1993. That 93 team is completely different from the 2022 team that's playing right now. You know, I understand your frustration, fan base. I get it. I get it. But every team is different. Every situation in the playoffs is different. And if they go out there and lay an egg in the playoffs – now the general manager needs to look at the situation and say is do we have the right head coach? Do we have the right coaches? Now, there's a good possibility that this team that we're talking about right now could be without some defensive coaches next year. Dan Quinn yep. could be gone. Uh AD gone. Joe Witt gone. You know, they could all be going somewhere else and being defensive coordinators and and that thing. You know, Doug Nussmeier could be gone, you know. Right. That that's why teams are different. You just, I hate, I hate when people sit there and they hang on that. Oh, well, it's always been this way. It's always been. I'm sorry, but that's just the way the games have gone for you throughout history. You know, every season is different, especially when you get in the playoffs
1: that does it for us here on the love of the star podcast uh we will be back with you a couple more times this week looking ahead to the washington commanders and uh trying to figure out if the giants are major
0: tutty major Major, tutty
1: oh bad it's so major tutty we'll we'll make fun of the commanders plenty this week uh and their new mascot and, and everything else terrible that that organization does it's it's just, it's amazing how they keep leveling up their terribleness. Uh, but we'll talk to you guys again later this week. Until then, have a good one.